0: This episode of Pool Magazine podcast is proudly sponsored by Ledge Lounger, the leaders in outdoor living and in-pool furniture. Ledge Lounger believes outdoor living inspires life's most meaningful moments, which is exemplified in their new collection, Autograph. Want to learn more about the Autograph collection? Check out what's new and visit our website at ledgeloungers.com. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Pool Magazine podcast. Today, I've got up and comer outdoor living designer Chris Johansson with me on the show. And Chris is the principal designer at Creative Scapes Design in Virginia. Thanks so much for being with us today on the show, Chris. Oh, thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. I mean, before we get deep into our conversation, why don't you give me a little bit of background about yourself and how you got involved designing pools and what
1: Creative Scapes is all about, man? Yeah, absolutely. I went to VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University, as a fine arts major in sculpture, which is not really normal. You don't see that every day. But um, after I graduated, I started working in the outdoor industry, designing and building lawn furniture, high end lawn furniture. And then from there, I started doing CAD work on ornamental iron gates. And I just happened to be, when I moved to Richmond, I started playing hockey. One of my teammates was... Pretty high up at Eagle Bay Pavers, which is now Belgard. Uh, Belgard bought them a few years back, but um, he introduced me to Josh Goff, the owner of Commonwealth Curve Appeal, and I uh, started working with him. And you know, I've always had art history or art background. So when I started working with Commonwealth Curve Appeal. I started out as project manager. It was pretty much just me and the owner working out of his uh, girlfriend's apartment, and that's when we first started. And then when I was done working there, it had grown into I think roughly a five million dollar company when I left. So started as project manager, then went into sales manager, and then got Structure Studio was introduced to my to me, and uh, that's where I really started taking off. Where I blended. Uh, you know, my knowledge of hardscape and pools with structure studios and, and design. And that's where it really just started taking off.
0: So was a big transition for you, Chris. I mean, going from hockey guy to, you know, being a, a kind of outdoor living design consultant. I mean, talk to me about why you started becoming a designer and what first appealed to you about designing people's backyards?
1: Really? I mean, I, I love everything about it. I mean, just you're creating a space for somebody, an extension of their house, and, you know, everybody, you know, 99% of the people are just so great to work with, and, you know, you're designing a space for them that they're going to enjoy, entertain in, have fun in, so the people that you come across um, are generally just really great to work with, and I've been super lucky to have some just really awesome clients, and that's what's really appealed to me about it also you know in my personal life I've seen what it's done you know for my house and my family and my entertainment uh, needs and it's allowed me to you know enjoy it personally but also offer that to other people and you know offer that in their yards
0: well I mean sounds like you've been doing this for a while you're doing this like what 10 years now right
1: yeah I think going up uh yep just about 10 years
0: yeah, I mean, you're originally working for that other design firm, and you know, to break out and start your own firm is kind of a gutsy decision. I mean, what made you decide to go that route?
1: Um, it's a multitude of things, you know. Just so it was the design build firm um, that I worked with before, and they they were going one direction, I was going another direction, and you know, it all worked out for the best. Yeah, I really wanted to get into the super high end, super custom, not off the shelf designs and really cater to the uh, the luxury, high-end, outdoor living designs. And that's kind of where it started. And uh, I saw there was a niche where people wanted more of a freelance designer rather than to work with a design build firm that, you know, some design build firms can push certain agendas and push certain materials. And there was a need that I saw that clients just wanted to work with somebody independent and truly had um, their best interests at heart.
0: Sure. I mean, like, they want to use their own materials, they've got their own ideas in mind, and they're looking for somebody who's going to be able to facilitate that. Uh, it looks like a lot of your hard work has begun to pay off of that. I mean, you had some projects that won the Hardscape Awards in 2016, 2017, 2018. And you got another huge project that you're going to submit this year in um, awards, isn't that right?
1: Yeah, it's uh, a very unique design. The uh, The homeowner is a vet who's paralyzed, and, but also a musician. So a lot of consideration had to be done in making sure that he's able to enjoy the space to the fullest. So we ended up doing a, uh, since he's a musician, he wanted a guitar-shaped pool, and it really worked out great where you know we use the uh, the neck of the guitar is zero entry where he can enter in and go down. And then there's a nice sun deck with a sunken fire feature in the middle where he can pull up his wheelchair and conversate with people on the sun deck and get in and out the pool himself, which is a, a really big thing. because you see one of that independence? And then at the top of the neck where the tuning pins are, um, is a hot tub that will have a, a lift system to get them in there, but also have an overflow that's um, going down the neck of the guitar and there's sunken uh, lights for the strings, but it, it turned out really awesome. They actually should be breaking ground, I think, uh, the next month or so to to get this project started. I'm pretty excited to document it and uh, the process of the build and everything.
0: Give me some sneak previews behind the scenes, man. It was pretty interesting. Like one of the photos that you showed me was there's like some fire on the water elements that uh, like right by the pit guard where you have there was two ledge loungers in the seating area. I mean, there's some really cool stuff going on in this pool.
1: Yeah. So the fire element is actually submerged below the water and the ignition system is above the water. So the gas will bubble and float above and actually ignite above the water so it looks like the fire's just dancing on the water Um, we're actually working with an engineer now interior 2000 a local fire pit manufacturer to design it and build it and uh, we're talking to him about custom fabricating the uh, guts for the fire pit and uh, working on that with him and uh, it's getting there it's been a lot of work but it's definitely getting there
0: See, what I love about your design is how you focus on the complete backyard. I mean, we talk a lot about pools here and landscaping, hardscaping, lighting. It all plays a factor in the design these days. I mean, talk to us about creating that complete backyard and making those destinations and all of those things happen for the customer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, obviously a pool is a big part of it, but you know, we like to focus on the entire backyard and front yard if the client, you know, wants that, but it all needs to flow together. And when you start getting into these, you know, 500 to million dollar plus projects, not, not everybody has the money to do it all at once. So we like to create what we call a map for the backyard and, you know, design the whole thing, go ahead and, you know, give measurements for everything so that, You know, once it's designed, you can see, you know, what, you know, phase one, phase two, phase three, maybe it is all in phase one. And that's, you know, we encourage to do that, but, you know, realistically, not everybody has the money to do it all at once. So it's, it's great to, so you're not undoing work to redo work or doesn't look hodgepodge, you know, everything's going to flow together. And, you know, if, if you want that pool and patio now and then next you want the pavilion with the outdoor kitchen. You know, you can plan to, you know, $10 sleeve under the hardscape can save you thousands of dollars down the road. Um, so that's why we like to focus on the entire backyard and not just a, a piece of it.
0: Right. I mean, do you often do that with your customers? Like do they have some projects that are going to go into multiple phases? I mean, how do you really come up with stuff that's like kind of timeless and that's going to be like, you know, uh, still relevant in like a ten year plan
1: yeah you know it's it's important, of course, you want to do trendy things, but it's of course it's important to think about how timeless this is gonna be, so I always tell clients to don't just think about this project, think five years down the road, think ten think ten years down the road um in general, you know Richmond, Virginia is pretty traditional, you know right. really modern is Really starting to take legs here, finally, which I'm very excited about. And people are becoming a lot more open to it or doing like a traditional design with modern flair, which has become quite popular. But, you know, Richmond's a pretty traditional town and kind of not quick to change. Right. But we are starting to see, you know, a lot more modern or modern flair or modern design incorporated to a little bit more of a traditional backyard but you know trying to keep that timeless look which which is pretty big deal deal in Richmond. Well, I mean, it sounds like,
0: you know, like you guys are trying to bring in more modern elements. I see some of the designs that you're coming up with. I mean, what's hot in your market in terms of building a luxury pool and backyard? I mean, what are what are homeowners looking for these days?
1: Well, just that, you know, something a little different, something that their next-door neighbors don't have. So just kind of piggybacking on what was said before is bringing more modern flare and bringing in AstroTurf, bringing in more sleek materials, more straight lines, more, um, you know, just, just more sleek, more modern um, different materials and, but also trying to keep that, that timeless design as well.
0: Do you see them looking to do anything like acrylic pools, uh, like any of these like elaborate glass mosaic tile interiors that we see? Like uh, I see a lot of projects coming out of there now are incorporating like a vanishing edge into their projects where there's an elevation that, to be able to allow for that. I mean, I see there's a lot of emphasis on breaking away from those traditional like lagoon style freeform pools and looking towards more, uh, modern geometric designs. I mean, do you see the same in your market?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's still a place for the, you know, freeform grotto, you know, rock slide. Uh, I'm actually just wrapping up a, uh, one of those being built right now. But yes, going more towards a straight line sleek, you know, vanishing edge has always, you know, been a thing, has been popular. Doing the knife edge, again, just getting to that sleek design and um you know sometimes where less is more um what's great about virginia is there's a lot of elevation changes so you do have that opportunity for multi-level designs not just a flat backyard that's straight and playing with tiers and different levels and so you know if if you're a if you're a designer in virginia you've got to be comfortable with multi-level and shooting grades in the yard and, and coming up with topo maps um so it does present some challenges but some really unique design well you work in Uh, structure studios right chris i mean does that make your job a little bit
0: easier in terms of coming up with the design for these kind of like multi-level pools that have like all of these complicated issues
1: Uh, absolutely i mean you know just building it in structure studios setting the topography and then you know especially when you're talking about multi-level designs the client really has a hard time visualizing that and how it's going to work. So you're showing them in structure studios, the levels, how it's going to look, how you can hide features in the walls. Um, that's what something I really love doing because I, I hate just putting, you know, for a spillover or something like that. I try to avoid at all costs just building a random wall that has a spillover in it. Uh-huh. But, you know, when you start working with multi-level designs, you know, slam that pool up against the wall that has stairs coming down and put the water elements in there and just don't make the wall just a wall but make it a feature wall do a plant wall do something to you know to dress up that wall and make it a a point of attraction as opposed to just
0: functional right well i mean that's the whole challenge i mean designing a luxury outdoor living environment can be really difficult i mean when working on a design with a customer how do you go through that design process with them in Structure Studio? I mean, you're designing and then going back to them for approval. I mean, how do you determine what their needs and wants are before you even get to that point?
1: Really, it, it all all starts with the, you know, on-site consultation. Explain to the client and, you uh, know, the client, when you show up, they're so excited. They just want to, uh, an old, you know, sales terminology, show up and throw up. And, you know, they're so excited. They want to get everything off their chest. And generally speaking, the, the first, you know, hour of our onsite consultation, as I'll explain, is like, I don't need to look at the backyard yet. Let's go sit around the coffee table. Let's go sit around the kitchen table. Let's sit around someplace where we can have an hour or two long conversation comfortably without you know minimum distraction and really get to know you know, you, let me in your house, let me see what your style is like in your house, figure out the wants, the needs, the wishes, the problems, you know, figure out what, you know, essentially, if this design does not do this, then it's not a successful design. And I kind of explain it as like writing a book, you know, let's figure out what the big chapters are like, chapter one a pool yeah you want a pool but what does that pool mean to serve i mean is it for laps is it for sitting in a float drinking a margarita is it for uh volleyball you know right right pool right. can be more than just a pool that you just sit in like i explained a pool is like a car you can get a car that gets you to a to b but then you get a car that can do a lot more than just get you to a to b sure
0: I mean, you're trying to get in tune with like you know what their lifestyle is are they going to use it for entertaining
1: right yeah a lot of it has to do i mean you gotta drag the information out of the client you know they've they know what they want but they don't know how to express what they want so it really has to do with the questions that you ask them and i always say you know i explain it's kind of like an exercise that all right what's what's the deck going to be used for? I know you want a deck, but is it conversation? Is it eating? Is it kitchen? You know, kind of want to mimic what's inside your house, create rooms and have them useful. So, you know, the the client always has all the information. It's just asking the right questions to really drag that information out of them.
0: Yeah. Getting them to disseminate that to you is the hard part. I mean, once you've got that info, though, and then you know what their needs and wants are, I mean, what's your process for helping them visualize what their swimming pool and backyard is actually going to look like?
1: Yeah, after the on-site consultation, um, we'll generally, we'll get together for the first design review. And, you know, when we get together, I drop the hammer on them. I, I show them the full fly-through video. You know, it's we watch it multiple times. It's tons of information to for them to take in. So, And I explain them, we'll start the first design review, start right with the video, do the fly through, watch it multiple times. But then after that, you know, we can go into the design and start tweaking things, pushing, pulling, changing colors, changing materials. You know, let's let's move this one foot this direction. Nope, don't like it. And that's what I love about Structure Studios is it really helps the design process to where you can get that immediate gratification of, you know, let's move this one foot this direction. Okay. Let's turn it in 3d. Nope. Don't like that. Let's put it back or let's keep that and move on. And we'll go section by section and just dissect every single section and, you know, really hone in. And that first design interview can be anywhere from one to four hours. And I explained that to them, but we can get a lot done, you know, right there, sit at the desk, trying things, undoing things keeping things and then you know i always explain the goal at the end of the first design review is not to say yes i like this design or no i don't like this design but to be at a good spot where you are seriously going to spend some time digesting all this go home sit on your back porch pour a glass of wine pour bourbon smoke a cigar you know, really talk about what's good about this design. What do you want to change? Come up with a list. And then we get back together for design review number two. It's kind of rinse and repeat. But really after that first design review, I explained the ball's on your side of the court. Take your time. There's no rush. I've had designs, you know, go on for half a year and they're just still reviewing it. It's more important to me that the design's right and rather than me rush you through the process.
0: Right, right. I mean, Some clients are what I like to call frustrated designers, though. I mean, they have all these ideas and they want to contribute to that process, which can be fun. But then they are also leading a revision after revision, and it could be like a never ending design. I mean, what what are some of those techniques that you use to keep clients from perpetually moving the goalposts and making the design process a lot harder than it needs to be?
1: Well, I think part of it is, is also, you know, we like to design to somewhat of a budget. So if they, you know, they start ha- talking 300000 500000 then there's going to be certain things within that budget and their limits. When they start talking about adding certain things, you need to, you know, kind of come back to that budget of like, look, this is going to put you outside your budget. Right. Are you, you know, is this, is this the route you want to go? Is this, but, you know, I think really structure studios and just seeing what that design is going to be like cohesively i think it eliminates a lot of that in general like you know, once they see that the design looks well and functions for their family and, and meets all the criteria then you know it's just a matter of fine-tuning a bunch of those things and, you so, know i always explain you know to the whole there's two things you want in a good design is it needs to look good, but it needs to function well for your family. And that's, I always explain to them. It's a, it's definitely a team effort and a process.
0: Well, moving forward, I mean, towards bigger and more elaborate design projects can come with some challenges. I mean, what are some of the obstacles that you faced over the past couple of years trying to grow your company?
1: Um, Yeah. Just getting myself in front of, you know, people that have the larger budget, you know, like say before we like to design to a a range of a budget um, which can limit um, some of your designs Uh, so getting in front of those clients and to have the million dollar plus budget is has been a little bit of a challenge it's i'm starting to see more and more of it which i'm very excited about and you know also They're starting to travel more with designs, which I think will open up uh, more of those clientele that have the larger budget and just really want to do off-the-wall stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, finding those people can be a challenge. But, you know, as somebody who's been doing this for over 10 years, you get some data to compare, you know, pre-COVID to COVID as far as demand goes what did that spike in demand look like for you in terms of, you know, folks reaching out to you for your design services?
1: Yeah. Well, I uh, decided to start my company in the middle of COVID. So I don't, so as far as before pre-COVID, I was working for the design build firm, but COVID has definitely done a lot of things for the outdoor living industry. You know, it's people are, not wanting to go to public pools as much anymore or taking as much vacation. So, you know, really that staycation, that backyard oasis, you know, has really grown even more with COVID. And I really haven't seen that much of a slowdown. I mean, I I thought we would start seeing it, but we haven't. And, uh, you know, I started my business uh, July 2020. So that's kind of in the middle of right when everything i think every march 2020 is when things started getting really crazy uh, as far as covid goes but um but no i haven't seen too much of a slowdown i mean luckily i think outdoor living is pretty uh recession proof because if you look back like 2008 2009 that's another time when outdoor living really took off just because you know people look to do things to their house during a recession instead of taking those trips and you know putting money towards their house and luckily um the the clientele i've been dealing with haven't so far has not been affected too much with uh you know inflation and the somewhat recession coming coming up projected i should say
0: well, you're in uh, Virginia, right? That market that you're in, you're talking about recession, inflation. I mean, you're really not noticing much of a slowdown over there. As far as your company is concerned, I mean, you you got your foot on the gas and you're growing, right? I mean, I heard you're making a, a push into the Florida market right now. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, well, I'm originally from Florida, born in Jacksonville, Florida. All my family's in Florida uh, throughout Vero Beach, Jacksonville, and kind of the Tampa area. So it just seemed like a natural progression to, you know, keep growing in Virginia, but also start seeing what I can do in Florida because, um, you know, a lot of my family's there. I would eventually like to get back there. So it it just made sense and we're starting to get a little bit of traction, uh, you know, but um, eventually I like to do, you know, a week there and you know, stack appointments and, and then see if it goes two weeks and kind of see how the workflow goes between Virginia and Florida and, and going back and forth. But, I mean, Virginia right now is, is growing very quickly, which yeah. I've been super Florida's excited about.
0: Florida's a hot market, so, I mean, you can uh, attract some attention there from a few of the uh, well-heeled homeowners over there that are looking to do something extraordinary in their backyard. I think you can make a go of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's going to do well. Well, I'm glad you can come on the show today. Thanks so much for spending the time
1: with us today. Thanks for having me. It's been an honor, and uh, I look forward to doing it again sometime.
0: You've just been listening to Pool Magazine Podcast. Today's episode was proudly sponsored by the New Ledge Lounger Autograph Collection, which features a robust catalog of new chaise lounges chairs, headrest pillows, and side tables. The Autograph Collection is a sophisticated reimagined look for contemporary in-pool and outdoor living furniture. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll see you next time on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast.